You are listening to an Elftree Publishing Podcast. Our elves have been hard at work in search for meaningful and compelling content, so we hope you enjoy this show. And now, for our feature presentation. Enjoy. Featuring free-spirited conversation to help build a better future for generations to come. This is Elftree Publishing. the people or the politicians, once you get a power, you will never relinquish it. Do you think that the four feet of marble that holds you above high in this chamber will help you from the fate of humanity which you are unleashing? No! No! It won't! Your children and your children's children will be subjugated! They will be asked, how many vaccines have you had? Have you been a good little Nazi? Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Run. Run. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us. Is to leave with us. From leaving behind the world of bioterrorism to off the grid and independent living. You're listening to Exit the Cult. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm your host, Joe Morales, and you're listening to Exit the Cult, a podcast dedicated to exposing the lies of the mainstream media to help others wake up to the truth. Let's exit the cult together. Today is August 17th. No, today is August. Oh my God, what is today? It is the 20th. Oh my gosh, these days are flying. Flying. Anyway, it is August the 20th, 2021. This is the first bonus episode before our official launch on September 3rd. Typically, our show will be about an hour long, give or take. may go over. It could be under. Just depends on what the subject matter is and how much material I decide to cover that day. But most shows will be about an hour. These bonus episodes will be about 20 to 30 minutes. So it'll be just a little something, a little nugget, a little something out there before the uh, official show launch. And I want to thank you for being here. I thought it would be fun to start the show out by discussing fairy tales, because I think the more we are existing in this reality together, I think we're realizing there are a lot of fairy tales being uncovered. For instance, when you're young, you grow up believing in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and things like that. And I apologize if your kids are in the room and they're hearing this. This is definitely an adult show. At times, I curse And I say things that are probably offensive to some, but this show is 100% about free speech and just shaking the tree and just getting some ideas out and exploring different concepts and just overall things that are happening in the world. 
A fairy tale is an instance of European folklore genre that takes the form of a short story. Such stories typically feature mythical entities such as dwarves, dragons, elves, fairies, giants, gnomes, goblins, griffins, mermaids, talking animals, trolls, unicorns or witches, and usually magic or enchantments. In most cultures, there is no clear line separating myth from folk or fairy tale. All these together form the literature of preliterate societies. Fairy tales may be distinguished from other folk narratives such as legends, which usually involve belief in the veracity of the events described, and explicit moral tales, including beast fables. Originally, adults were the audience of a fairy tale just as often as children. Literary fairy tales appeared in the works intended for adults, but in the 19th and 20th centuries, the fairy tale became associated with children's literature. In the modern era, fairy tales were altered so that they could be read to children. The Brothers Grimm concentrated mostly on sexual references. Rapunzel, in the first edition, revealed the prince's visits by asking why her clothing had grown tight, thus letting the witch deduce that she was pregnant but in subsequent editions carelessly revealed that it was easier to pull up the prince than the witch. On the other hand, in many respects, violence, particular when punishing villains, was increased. Yeah, we're trying to get to the North Pole. I don't suppose you're from AAA, are you? Ooh, AAA, you know, AAA. Oh, AAA. Hey, I just came from AAA. No, not AAA, AAA. Yeah, that's what I said, AAA. Oh, so you are with AAA. Oh, no, that's AAA. I just came from AAA. Huh? Stewie, I think he's just a drunk. You know, when we were kids, at least in America, we grew up learning about Santa Claus. This guy who lived in the North Pole, he would make presents in his wood in his little workshop with all his elves. He would uh, ride a sleigh with reindeers. One had a shiny, glowy nose, and he would, every Christmas, you know, scooch his fat ass down your chimney, and he would scatter presents under the tree just for you. And you believe this up to a certain point, either your siblings tell you or you figure it out or your parents end up telling you, but it's just the very, it's one of the first truths I think children discover when they're growing up. It's, whoa, my parents are able to come up with this fairy tale idea and I believed it. You, you see the difference between belief and truth. So when you believe something, you kind of have this faith in that belief And then when you finally come to the truth, you end up seeing the facts for what they are and everything's out on the table in front of you. And at that point, you decide whether you go back into the fairy tale or you stick with the facts and move forward. But the story of Santa, it always made me wonder what kind of psychological damage this does on a child, long-term damage, without people really even actually discussing it. The presents are out, the giant tree is lit. The holidays are a time of year for people to come together and be lighthearted. But one man wasn't feeling very festive and made it his mission to ruin everyone else's spirit. There's no Santa Claus! And I feel sorry for that individual. He must have a very sad life. A man with a giant sign screaming that Santa isn't real while kids waited in line to see him. I think it's a shame our children are faced with so many difficult things in this world that the magic of this time of year, it's taken away from them and they're innocent. 
Parents say it's heartbreaking. The man would stand there for hours just to hurt little kids. He's saying there's no sound of screaming it, actually. One mom tells me some kids were in tears. Luckily, her child was too young and distracted by the fun. There's no um, sense of decency with those kind of individuals. Cape Coral police tell me they were at the event but couldn't do anything because this display is considered freedom of speech. The real part of the clown show is that you all think that you actually have the authority to mandate this. Because um, there are these books that I have, and I have them as a gift for you. The Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and the Federalist Papers, and also the Bible. And these guarantee my freedom and yours and our children's to breathe oxygen. You know why we're here today? Yeah. Well, we're here to talk about Santa Claus. Where does Santa Claus live? I know, on the, the North Pole. What else do you know about Santa? He's chubby. <laughs> Too much cookies, huh? Yeah. Well, Mama and I got something we need to tell you. Can we break some news to them? We're just telling them? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Santa isn't real. What are you talking about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, of course I am. <laughs> you're Santa. What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I oh, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? <laughs> He's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay. <laughs> <gasps> <gasps> Do you know that Santa's not real? Uh, wrong. Santa Claus is real. Have you ever met Santa? Yes. Where at? Cascade Mall. And the line was huge. Well, Santa's not real, sorry. Have you ever wondered how Santa can be at every mall in all these different places at uh -huh. one time? The more people that believe in Santa Claus, the more power he has to fly. Oh. You're getting older, Kayla. So it's time for you to know that Santa is not even real. It is real. Then what's your idea, though? My idea is that that's a big fake, and no, Santa is real. Well, I think we all have Case a little... closed. I didn't know you had elves working here. Oh, boy, you're, you're hilarious, my friend. He doesn't... Uh, get, get back to the story, please. <clears throat> so, on the cover above the title. Does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Buddy, go back to the basement. Hey, Jackweed, I get more action in a week than you've had your entire life. I've got houses in LA, Paris, and Vail. Oh. Each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. 
So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. You're an elf. Okay. So according to popularwow.com, the most popular fairy tales are Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, Hansel and Gretel, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, and Pinocchio. It's kind of incredible how when we're younger, we read these stories and it kind of triggers our imagination and pretty much, I would say, carries us through our entire lives, uh, especially if you're a creative, where you always think back on, you know, for instance, you know, when I was a kid, it was stories like Pinocchio and Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid, things like that, that uh, watched on Disney, <laughs> Disney movies and things. And then, you know, kids today, their reference may be Harry Potter. And it's interesting that as we get older and we actually realize in this world, we can create things based on the ideas that we have in our head. It kind of crosses that line of what is a dream and what is reality. What is a fairy tale and what can be real? And of course, because a fairy tale often involves magic, then there's this whole metaphysical realm of magic when we think about science and physics and uh, kind of the metaphysical things such as we as human beings having an energy field around our bodies that is actually a, a metered energy field and everyone has a different kind of vibration that they you know, if you were laying on a table and someone was running a sensor over you, you know, each day your body could be reacting differently depending on how you're feeling, like kind of like a mood ring, I guess. I thought of this really interesting part of this book that I was reading called The Four Agreements, and I maybe it reminded me of kind of the like the dream state versus the awake state, and how they're kind of one in the, one in the same. We just, you know, we were taught to perceive when we're awake as our reality versus when you're sleeping that it's just a, a world that doesn't really exist. But in this book, they kind of explain it in a really interesting way, and I thought it'd be fun to read that out and uh, kind of get your take on it. What you're seeing and hearing right now is nothing but a dream. You are dreaming right now in this moment. You are dreaming with the brain awake. Dreaming is the main function of the mind, and the mind dreams 24 hours a day. It dreams when the brain is awake, and it also dreams when the brain is asleep. The difference is that when the brain is awake, there is a material frame that makes us perceive things in a linear way. When we go to sleep, we do not have that frame, and the dream has the tendency to change constantly. Humans are dreaming all the time. Before we were born, the humans before us created a big outside dream that we will call society's dream or the dream of the planet. The dream of the planet is the collective dream of billions of smaller personal dreams, which together create a dream of a family, a dream of a community, a dream of a city, a dream of a country, and finally a dream of the whole humanity. The dream of the planet includes all of society's rules, its beliefs, its laws, its religions, its different cultures and ways to be, its governments, schools, social events, and holidays. We are born with the capacity to learn how to dream, and the humans who live before us teach us how to dream the way society dreams. The outside dream has so many rules that when a new human is born, we hook the child's attention and introduce these rules into his or her mind. The outside dream uses mom and dad, 
the schools, and religion to teach us how to dream. Attention is the ability we have to discriminate and to focus only on that which we want to perceive. We can perceive millions of things simultaneously by using our attention. We can hold whatever we want to perceive in the foreground of our mind. The adults around us hooked our attention and put information into our minds through repetition. That is the way we learned everything we know. By using our attention, we learned a whole reality, a whole dream. We learned how to behave in society, what to believe and what not to believe, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, what is good and what is bad, what is beautiful and what is ugly, what is right and what is wrong. It was all there already, all that knowledge, all those rules and concepts about how to behave in the world. When you were in school, you sat in a little chair and put your attention on what the teacher was teaching you. When you went to church, you put your attention on what the priest or minister was telling you. It is the same dynamic with mom and dad, brothers and sisters. They were all trying to hook your attention. We also learn to hook the attention of other humans, and we develop a need for attention which can become very competitive. Children compete for attention of their parents, their teachers, their friends. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Hey, I'm here. The need for attention becomes very strong and continues into adulthood. The outside dream hooks our attention and teaches us what to believe, beginning with the language that we speak. Language is the code for understanding and communication between humans. Every letter, every word in each language is an agreement. We call this a page in a book. The word page is an agreement that we understand. Once we understand the code, our attention is hooked and the energy is transferred from one person to another. It was not your choice to speak English. You didn't choose your religion or your moral values. They were already there before you were born. We never had the opportunity to choose what to believe or what not to believe. We never chose even the smallest of these agreements. We didn't even choose our own name. As children, we didn't have the opportunity to choose our beliefs, but we agreed with the information that was passed to us from the dream of the planet via other humans. The only way to store information is by agreement. The outside dream may hook our attention, but if we don't agree, we don't store that information. As soon as we agree, we believe it. And this is called faith. To have faith is to believe unconditionally. That's how we learn as children. We're going to build a new settlement. We'll have a happy new life and we'll have equal rights for all. Except blacks, Asians, Hispanics, Jews, gays, women, Muslims. Um, everybody who's not a white man. And I mean white, white. So no Italians, no Polish. Just people from Ireland, England, and Scotland. But only certain parts of Scotland and Ireland. Just full-blooded whites. No, you know what? Not even whites. Nobody gets any rights. Peter, that'll never work. It's worth a try. Come on, Joe, don't be so negative. It's like a Boston fortune cookie. I don't know, numbnuts. Maybe buy a garage and fill it with hockey equipment. Huh. Let's see what my lucky numbers are. Screw you, math dick. Well, that wasn't very helpful at all. <laughs> so that excerpt that I read was from The Four Agreements, which I would strongly recommend anyone out there, if you've never read it, to go pick up a copy. It is a really great book. It is by Don Miguel Ruiz. So check it out, The Four Agreements. The one article I'm going to bring to the table today is from technocracy.news. And the headline is, up to 62% mRNA vaccinated show evidence of blood clotting. Dr. Charles Hoff has been vilified in global media for his research. 
His income went to zero between being fired from the local health system and his private practice being burned to the ground. Nevertheless, Hoff refuses to be silent and continues to warn others. Dr. Charles Hoff, a family physician from Lytton, British Columbia, wrote to Dr. Bonnie Henry, BC Provincial Health Officer, in April 2021 with serious concerns about COVID-19 vaccines. One of his patients died after the shot, and six others had adverse effects. While their small town had no cases of COVID-19, Hoff said the vaccine was causing serious damage, and he believed this vaccine is quite clearly more dangerous than COVID-19. Hoff was quickly accused of causing vaccine hesitancy, and local health authorities threatened to report him to the licensing body, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of British Columbia. He was also told by government health authorities that he could not say anything negative about the COVID-19 vaccine, but the issues Hoff was seeing compelled him to speak out anyway. Hoff created this video to explain how mRNA COVID-19 vaccines can affect your body at a cellular level. In each dose of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine are 40 trillion mRNA, or messenger RNA molecules. Each mRNA package is designed to be absorbed into your cell, but only 25% stay in your arm at the site of the injection. The other 75%, Hoff says, are collected by your lymphatic system and fed into your circulation. The cells where mRNA is absorbed are those around your blood vessels, the capillary network, which are the tiniest blood vessels in your body. When the mRNA is absorbed into your vascular endothelium, the inner lining of your capillaries, the packages, open and genes are released. Each gene can produce many COVID-19 spike proteins, and your body gets to work manufacturing these spike proteins, numbering in the trillions. Your body recognizes the spike protein as foreign, so it begins to manufacture antibodies to protect you against COVID-19, or so the theory goes. But there's a problem. In a coronavirus, the spike protein becomes part of the viral capsule, Hoff says, but when you get the vaccine, quote, it's not in a virus, it's in your cells, end quote. The spike protein, in turn, can lead to the development of blood clots. Hoff spoke with Dr. Sukarit Bhakti, a retired professor, microbiologist, and infectious disease and immunology specialist, who, along with several other doctors and scientists, formed Doctors for COVID Ethics. Bhakti has also warned that the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein binds to the ACE2 receptor on platelets. The subsequent activation of the platelets can lead to disseminated intravascular coagulation, i.e. a pathological overstimulation of your coagulation system that can result in abnormal and life-threatening blood clotting, as well as thrombocytopenia, thrombocytopenia, low plate, it's a low platelet count, and hemorrhaging. Jesus Christ, that word is insane. While some of the blood clots you may have heard about associated with COVID-19 vaccines are the large variety that show up in MRIs and CT scans, Hoff states that the variety he's referring to are microscopic and scattered throughout the capillary network, so they won't show up on any scan. The only way to find out if this predictable mechanism of clotting is happening is with a test called D-dimer. D-dimer is a protein fragment produced by the body when a blood clot dissolves. It's typically undetectable or present only at very low levels, but its level may significantly rise when the body is forming and breaking down blood clots. According to Bakhti, quote, Now a number of German doctors have been measuring the D-dimers in the blood of patients before vaccination and days after vaccinations, and with respect to the symptoms they have just found out, that triggering of clot formation is a very common event with all vaccines, end quote. 
Hoff has been conducting the D-dimer test on his patients within four to seven days of them receiving a COVID-19 vaccine and found that 62% have evidence of clotting. While he's still trying to accumulate more information, he said, quote, it means that these blood clots are not rare. The majority of people are getting blood clots and they have no idea that they even have them. The most alarming thing about this is that there are some parts of your body, like your heart and your brain and your spinal cord and your lungs, which cannot regenerate. When those tissues are damaged by blocked vessels, they are permanently damaged. We now know that only 25% of it actually stays in your arm. And the other 75% is literally collected by your lymphatic system and fed into your circulation. So these little packages of messenger RNA, and by the way, in a single dose of a Moderna vaccine, there are 40 trillion messenger RNA molecules, 40 trillion that are injected into your arm. So three quarters of these are taken, connected by the lymphatics. They go into your bloodstream in these little packages that are designed to be absorbed into a cell. But obviously when something's in your circulation, the only cells that they can get absorbed into is the cells around your blood vessels. And the place where absorption happens is in the capillary networks. In other words, these are the, the tiniest vessels where the blood slows right down. These are tiny, tiny vessels. So these little packages of genes are absorbed into the cells around the blood vessels at the vascular endothelium. The packages open, the genes are released, your body then gets to work reading these genes and manufacturing trillions and trillions of COVID spike proteins. Because even though you get 40 trillion genes, each gene can produce many, many COVID spike proteins. So, and the purpose of the spike proteins is that your body recognizes this as a foreign protein and will make antibodies against it so that you're then protected against COVID. That's the idea, but here's where the problem comes. In a virus, in a coronavirus, that spike protein becomes part of the viral capsule. In other words, around it's part of like the cell wall around the virus called the viral capsule. But but it's not in a virus, it's in your cells. So it therefore becomes part of the cell wall of your vascular endothelium, which means that you these cells that line your blood vessels, which are supposed to be smooth so that your blood flows smoothly, now have these little spiky bits sticking out. So it is absolutely inevitable that blood clots will form because your blood platelets circulate around in your vessels and the purpose of blood platelets is to, to, to detect a damaged vessel and block that vessel to stop bleeding. So when the platelet comes through the capillary, it suddenly hits all these little COVID spikes that are jutting into the inside of the vessel. It is absolutely inevitable that a blood clot will form to block that vessel. Now that's how platelets work. Equally as disturbing as the potential harm caused by experimental mRNA vaccines is the censorship going along with it such that the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, which regulates the practice of medicine in Ontario, issued a statement prohibiting physicians from making comments or providing advice that goes against the official narrative. Basically anything, quote, anti-vaccine, anti-masking, anti-social distancing, and anti-lockdown, end quote. The statement was released according to CPSO because physicians in isolated incidents have been spreading blatant misinformation via social media, which is undermining, quote, public health measures meant to protect all of us, end quote. But if a physician is unable to speak freely, 
the independent relationship between doctor and patient ceases to exist, and so does the doctor's ability to act in the best interest of the patient. Hoff certainly experienced this, but is still speaking out, putting his patients first and trying to get the word out that he believes the COVID-19 vaccination program should be stopped until the causes of the many injuries and deaths are understood. The tragic question is, how many others with similar concerns have been intimidated into remaining silent? Now, at the end of the day, I'm not sure if Dr. Hoff's information, the validity around all of it, I'm sure this science is ongoing. I'm quite sure it's ongoing, and um, I'm going to keep a close eye on that information as it continues to unfold, because if this is causing a microscopic blood clot that is not typically seen in a normal CT scan or mRNA or mRNA, MRI, it is pretty concerning. There's a lot of people that um, go to the hospital for various reasons, and if they're not able to detect this with just a normal uh, MRI or CT scan, that is a potential major red flag for uh, adverse health effects of people that are not being properly diagnosed and um, doctors missing what could be a major diagnosis on their patient. Just something to think about. There will be no removal of masks to consume alcohol outdoors. So you will no longer be able to remove your mask to drink a cocktail uh, at a pop-up beer garden on a footpath uh, as part of a pub crawl. I find myself getting a little emotional looking at all of this, and I don't want to cry on your show, but like it makes me like really upset because... Um, oh, sure, sorry, Elijah. Mm. Because it's like my home and it's just like so jacked right now. And I hate it because my family's stuck there too. Sorry. It's like hard to be mad all the time when like you're just watching all this stuff go down and you know that there's nothing you can do. You're not ready. You don't have a helmet on. Najib doesn't have a rifle right now. How is he ready? This is like having 26 kids that I have to watch after. It really is. Ready would be on the road, staged, ready to move at 8.30. I think if they introduced drug testing to the Afghan army, uh, we would lose probably three quarters to maybe 80, 85 percent of the army. It requires telling them almost 30 times, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Come on, let's go. Building up Afghanistan's army is one of the mainstays of the U.S. exit strategy from this war. It now stands at around 80,000 soldiers, but President Obama recently announced he wants to triple that number. These U.S. Marines are embedded tactical trainers, also known as ETTs, and their job is to mentor the fledgling Afghan army. Check your soldiers, make sure they're good. Someone's, someone's got a helmet on backwards. They also got their weapons slung on their shoulders like it's not a, a fucking combat patrol. I know we're supposed to advise them and everything like that, but they're supposed to be able to conduct tactical operations without us. So if I wasn't standing here right now, it makes me wonder if a dude in a bright, bright blue shirt would be going into the mountains. And he probably would be. You get over here and you walk into a whole squad of ANA smoking hashish. They don't understand that the use of drugs, it affects the way that they they accomplish their mission. Ultimately, it affects their ability to protect their nation and get Afghanistan on its feet. Who's smoking hashish around here? Who's smoking hash? You're going to find them. 
Soldiers come out without helmets. Soldiers come out missing a lot of gear. There's inspections that need to be done before we step off on a patrol. Right now, we're not going to go on the patrol. Special thanks to Elftree Publishing and all of our listeners here at ETC. If you have an interesting story or information you'd like to share with our listeners, send us an email at exitthecult at protonmail.com. See you next time. You can help support the show by becoming an Exit the Cult member over at our Patreon page for exclusive content and bonus episodes. Visit ExitTheCult.com for details. Tune into the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen, starting September 3rd.